This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. The poem says, Human voices wake us, and we drown. But I've made this podcast with the belief that human voices are what we need. And so, whether from a year or 3,000 years ago, whether poetry or prose, whether fiction or diary or biography, here are the best things we have ever thought, written, or said. I recently heard a famous poet say that she hated to read her own poetry out loud, and she even hated to hear her favorite poems written by other people read out loud, since she preferred the what she called the purity of the poem on the page, seeing it on the page, how it was laid out, um, and sort of having the mind read it rather than a voice, and what a straitjacket it seemed to be to tie a poem to the performing voice that it sort of flattened the poem out somehow. Um, I've never had this thought about poetry at all and I sort of treasure every recording uh, I can find of poets reading their own work or reading the work of people that they love. And I wanted to try and do that today with three of my favorite of Wallace Stevens's poems. And the first one is called how to live, what to do. Last evening, the moon rose above this rock, impure, upon a world unpurged. The man and his companion stopped to rest before the heroic height. Coldly the wind fell upon them, in many majesties of sound. They that had left the flame-freaked sun to seek a sun of fuller fire. Instead, there was this tufted rock, massively rising high and bare beyond all trees, the ridges thrown like giant arms among the clouds. There was neither voice, nor crested image, nor chorister, nor priest. There was only the great height of the rock, and the two of them standing still to rest. There was the cold wind and the sound it made, away from the muck of the land that they had left heroic sound, joyous and jubilant and sure. And the second poem is The Idea of Order at Key West. She sang beyond the genius of the sea, like water never formed to mind or voice, like a body, holy body, fluttering its empty sleeves. And yet, its mimic motion made constant cry, caused constantly a cry. That was not ours, although we understood, inhuman, of the veritable ocean. The sea was not a mask. No more was she. The song and water were not medleyed sound, even if what she sang was what she heard, since what she sang was uttered, word by word. 
It may be that in all her phrases stirred the grinding water and the gasping wind, but it was she, and not the sea, we heard. For she was the maker of the song she sang. The ever-hooded, tragic-gestured sea was merely a place by which she walked to sing. Whose spirit is this, we said, because we knew. It was the spirit that we sought and knew that we should ask this often as she sang. If it was only the dark voice of the sea that rose, or even colored by many waves, if it was only the outer voice of sky and cloud, of the sunken coral water-walled, however clear, it would have been deep air, the heaving speech of air, a summer sound repeated, and a summer without end, and sounds alone. But it was more than that, more even than her voice and ours, among the meaningless plungings of water and the wind, theatrical distances, bronze shadows heaped on high horizons, mountainous atmospheres of sky and sea. It was her voice that made the sky acutest at its vanishing. She measured to the hour its solitude. She was the single artificer of the world in which she sang. And when she sang, the sea, whatever self it had, became the self that was her song, for she was the maker. Then we, as we beheld her striding there alone, knew that there never was a world for her except the one she sang and, singing, made. Ramon Fernandez, tell me, if you know, why, when the singing ended and we turned towards the town, tell why the glassy lights, the lights and the fishing boats at anchor there, as the night descended, tilting in the air, mastered the night and portioned out the sea, fixing emblazoned zones and firing poles, arranging, deepening, enchanting night. Oh, blessed rage for order, pale Ramon, the maker's rage to order words of the sea, words of the fragrant portals, dimly starred, and of ourselves and of our origins, and ghostlier demarcations, keener sounds. And the last poem is Final Soliloquy of the interior paramour. Light, the first light of evening, as in a room in which we rest and, for small reason, think the world imagined is the ultimate good. This is, therefore, the intensest rendezvous. It is in that thought that we collect ourselves, out of all the indifferences, into one thing. Within a single thing, a single shawl, wrapped tightly round us, since we are poor, a warmth, a light, a power, the miraculous influence. Here, now, we forget each other and ourselves. We feel the obscurity of an order, a whole, a knowledge, that which arranged the rendezvous. Within its vital boundary, in the mind, we say God and the imagination are one. How high that highest candle lights the dark. Out of this same light, out of the central mind, we make a dwelling in the evening air, in which being there together is enough. Any comments 
or suggestions for readings I should make in future episodes can be emailed to humanvoiceswakeus, the number one, at gmail.com. Links to each work used in this episode can be found in the episode description. If you enjoy Human Voices Wake Us, you can subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. The music here is Duke Ellington's Arabesque Cookie.